Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Where we want to begin, Matthew, the 16th chapter. And I want to pick up today uh, with another part of this series we've been in over the last month called the Triumphant Church. Not the defeated church, not the pathetic church, the triumphant church. It's a victorious, overcoming, powerful, prevailing church, and that's what we're a part of. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so we've been talking about this church that the Lord Jesus said he would build. Uh, He said it would be triumphant, if you will. He said hell will not prevail against it. It is a victorious group of people that I've called together uh, to represent me, to be about the Father's business. Uh, But this this is something that the Lord Jesus himself said he would build. And here we are, and we are a part of what he has built. Amen. And so... uh, as we think about this overcoming, prevailing group called the church, uh, I think it, it, it is helpful to, to know what he meant when he said that. When he said, my church, what was going through his mind as a, in, in, this, in this way? What did he envision being a part of it? What would it look like? What would they do? Why would they get together? What would they accomplish? What would be their characteristics? What would be needed components that would end up in them being uh, hell-resistant? <laughs> that they would end up being so overcoming in life that they would be respected by the world and people would even be afraid to join on their own. Amen. From book of Acts, when the Spirit of God would, would move so, so powerfully. Well, what, what parts would be there? Because, you know, I think about, you know, we all drive cars. And how, how many know, uh, if you were to describe a car as being something, as being a great car, a fast car, a fuel-efficient car or something, you were to describe it. And then when you got in, you, you purchased that or got involved with that car, it didn't seem to do any of those things. You know, it would only go like 100 or, or something. Or, or, you know, it would only get, you know, not very good gas miles or something like that. And you thought, ah, this isn't what I thought. And then you, the more you looked into it, you, you recognized there were all kinds of things missing. You know, you, you look at the engine, there was like... What's that? What's supposed to be there? <laughs> and it's missing something over here. And, and, and you realize that car could be all that it was declared to be. It could be an amazing thing to own and experience if it had all the right stuff in it. But, you know, it's been 
substituted for inferior components and so forth. When it comes to the church, I think there are things that Jesus had in mind. When he said, I will build this amazing triumphant group, it is possible for someone to, quote, gather in his name, but leave out the things that he said would be necessary in order to be what he envisioned. Okay, is it possible for you to be a part of the church, but you're lacking, you know, maybe you're just out of gas, and so you just can't go very far. But it was assumed when, uh, when building this thing that we would participate in certain activities, that we, would, uh, that we would fulfill certain functions, that we would have certain spiritual uh, attributes and things as a, as a normal part of our lives. When they're there, man, we are firing on all cylinders. When we are there, we have these things, we uh, are, are fuel efficient and we go fast. <laughs> huh? But when we're lacking some of these uh, elements, you know, you people can struggle. And the church can be really not what the Lord said, set out to build. Okay, I, I hope I've made that point. Don't know if I have. In, in, uh, in our day, I, I know that the church needs to be individual. We need to have individuals that are strong. If we don't have individuals that are strong, we can't corporately be strong. We need personal strength. Individuals who overcome and have victory. Then we get together, we are an overcoming bunch. Uh, in our day, I've, I think, by observation and experience, that in many believers' lives individually, there is a great deficit of God's Word. They lack knowing what the Lord has said specifically about many things. Okay? And because of that, you have church bodies, local churches, that very much lack understanding of spiritual realities and truths. And that being the case, how can we be the complete picture of a triumphant church that the Lord envisioned? We need the right components. We need to know things. We live in the information age. But yet, we have so much information, but often lack the Word of God. We do. And, uh, you know, well, let's look at some Scripture. I want, I, want to, I want to show you a few things today that I think will be very, very helpful. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was being tempted by the devil. His wilderness experience. Tempted by the devil. And uh, in verse, verse 4, uh, it reads this way, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want you to notice that language. We live by what? By the words of God. We live by the words of God. We don't live by having the right food. We don't live by having enough money. We don't live by our, these environmental things. We live by the Word of God. That, that's what Jesus said. Words from God sustain us. Without them, if we live by them, that means without them, we cannot live. All right. So, in part, yes, that has to do with longevity of our physical life and, and so forth. 
But another side to that is it's not just talking about our physical existence. It's talking about a quality of living. It's talking about the way that we live our lives. One Greek dictionary used this word, to live is to be possessed of vitality. All right? Are you possessed of vitality? You are alive. Huh? I remember a few years ago, I was talking with Pastor PJ. We were talking about, you know, lifting heavy things and working out and, and all this stuff. We got talking about these... Uh, uh, these pre-workout formulas, these pre-workout powders and stuff and that give you that little extra when you go into the gym to be motivated to lift a little bit more. And, uh, and so he gave, me, he gave me some of that to try and I put some of that powder in the water and, you know, shook it up and, and drank that and getting ready to head over to lift things. And after about, you know, 15 minutes or so, my skin started going... You know, my skin started crawling, and and I was alive. I was more alive than I was a few minutes before that. And I went in and lifted lifted weights, and someone said, "How much did you lift?" I lifted all the weights. Yeah. <laughs> There's what you know. You you can go in in one condition, or you can go in in another condition. And, and I went in with in that situation more energy and and so forth to to do that when it comes to our lives see you can have an existence or you can have something based on the very words from heaven the words of God and they will energize you in your spiritual life and that bleeds over in your physical and emotional life and everything else but in such a way where you will become something you weren't before you will live at a level you weren't before but you've got to do it based on the words and without that word uh, s- sustenance without that energetic life-giving vitality you won't live the same way Jesus did this and when he was tempted it's interesting the devil came at him and he quoted God's word to the devil Old Testament word even I mean if the Lord has said it it's good it lasts forever he quoted Old Testament he could have come up with new words because he was Jesus He's writing the Bible as he speaks, you know. But he went back to something that that the Father had spoken previously. And he used that against the devil. And watch, what happened? He overcame. Tempted, but he said, no, it is written. And when he did that, he overcame that temptation. Watch. What if he hadn't? What if he didn't know what to say? What if he didn't know what, the, what, the, what God had spoken to concerning that situation? And he was tempted and went, I'm not really sure how to respond to that one. I think there's something, but he didn't know. Here's where I want you to think. If he overcame by the word of God, then without the word of God, he would not have overcome. If he could have overcome without the Word of God, then it was unnecessary for him to speak the Word of God. But if he didn't know the Word of God, he couldn't have spoken the Word of God, he would not have overcome. And if Jesus needed the very words from God to overcome in life, what do we need? Say, well, Jesus had to rely upon what the Father said, but, you know, 
we don't. We just, you know, as long as we go to church, as long as we are, you know, live a pretty good life, no. He needed the Word to overcome. You need the Word to overcome. And if you don't have the Word, you will not overcome. Well, I'll just get people to pray for me. That's not what he said, and that's not what he did. We can't rely on the prayers of others to give us victory in life. We've got to get the words of God ourselves. And that is the only way we will live victorious lives on this earth. It's the only way we will overcome the devil. Amen. Amen. Less word, by the way, your, your word level and your faith level are the same. The less word you have, the less faith you have. You cannot believe beyond your knowledge of what God has said. And so if I want to live a a life of strong faith, I want to trust in God in every situation, I need to know specifically what He has said about my situation. When I've got His Word on the subject, I can trust Him. Because you know the Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so how is it today? People can quote movie lines and uh, sports statistics and current events, latest happenings, they're aware of everything going on around, uh, you know, around their world, but have so very little word in their life. When the subject switches and it's all of a sudden, let's talk about uh, the Scripture, let's talk about what God's doing in the earth and in our lives today. Too many times the, there's not much to say because people don't have the Word. And it's not a performance thing. God's not telling you, you need to memorize three more verses and then... (laughs) No, we're accepted in the beloved. I'm forgiven because of what Jesus has done and my acceptance of that. Okay? But when I'm going through a battle and I'm dealing with something tough in my life, when I speak, if out comes the standings of of Major League Baseball, I'm not going to overcome. Go with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew the 7th chapter. And I want you to notice over here, you might be familiar with this this teaching and this uh, passage here. Uh, I found this in my life, that things that speak to me and I get a lot out of them, they work next year and they work the year after that and they work the year after that and and I can continue to, to feed on them and be helped and blessed and benefited as a result. Jesus said here, uh, Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the Sand And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so we can see here the Lord is, is, is talking about a person who hears the word and what does the word. It's the hearing and the doing of the word that produces a house with a solid foundation. But in both of these situations where you've got the foolish person, you've got the wise person, you recognize and identify that the storm came to both of their lives. 
For us to think, well, I've arrived at a spiritual position. I've arrived at a place in my life. There will never be another storm. There will never be enough, anything to overcome. That's not correct. But for some, storms are no big deal. And others, it's, they're life-shattering. I personally, when we're talking about natural storms, I like a nice, good storm if I'm in the house. Or even sometimes in the car, you know, and the wind blows, you know, ferociously and, you know, and the rains and lightning and all kinds of cool stuff. I realize in some situations that could be very inconvenient, like if you're on the ocean. (laughs) Uh, But when you're in a safe place, when you're protected, when you have something shielding you from its effects, hey, cool storm, nice. But if you're not in the right position, a storm can really wreak havoc in your life. And, and, and so Jesus points this out, but it, it, is, um, it is our knowledge that storms really do come, and they really do have power to knock our house down. If you believe that, you'll do something to your house to get it ready. And if you don't believe that, that's called deception. <laughs> Because there really is a storm that could really mess your life up. But the very acknowledgement of that fact says, I'm going to prepare for this. I'm going to get this ready. How do we do it? Jesus said, you've got to know what I say, and you've got to do it. If you will hear my words and put them into practice, you'll be ready for anything. You will be able to stand and, and be strong in the midst of the storm. Amen? This is what this is WWJS. What did Jesus say? Or what would? What would Jesus say? I need to change that one. What WDJS? What did Jesus say? If you know that, you'll stand. If you don't know that, then, then we're in trouble. But, but, but I can see this, how the Word of God settles us. It, it causes us to be uh, established, to be settled, um, to be stable, I find that the more word you have in you, more of God's words you have, you have assimilated into your thinking and your life, the more steady you are. Uh, when you see individuals that, that are constantly in flux, everything's changing. Every few months they're doing something different. That's a person who's not, they, they need to get grounded in the word. They need to get settled and established in the Word. Why is there so much change constantly? And then if someone's been a, a Christian very long, they've been around, they know what words to use to explain that. And it's usually, well, I prayed, and I'm feeling led to do this now. And now I'm feeling led to do this. Now I'm going to go here. Now I'm going to do this. And it's like, the, the Lord's not that uncertain. <laughs> the Lord is not that flaky. How come you're so quiet on me now all of a sudden? I'm not asking anyone to raise your hand if you've been doing any of this kind of stuff. That's why we're talking. We're here to lift up, not to condemn and knock down. But we should recognize an absence of God's Word produces flakiness. You know, people are just unstable, and you can never count on them. I like this verse over in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. It reads, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. See, hope is a result of having faith, which comes from the Word. Okay, you believe, hope is an expectation, and it comes from being, it comes from the Word of God. What does it do? It serves as an anchor to our soul. Have you ever found your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
Have you ever found your soul going squirrely on you? I mean, trying to control your thoughts, trying to control your emotions, and, and they're just all over the map, and you needed an anchor? Well, that's where the Word of God being placed in our hearts, it will produce that in our lives. It'll, it'll help us to anchor down and, and be able to handle the waves and the currents and the storm and everything that's, that, that's, that's moving us around. But without that, you're likely to be pushed around through life. Something goes right and you're happy and everything, you know, and something goes wrong and you're sad and, and down and, and just being moved all around in life by circumstances, by, by, by all these things. You can take that verse down. I'm done with it for a while now. Okay? And, uh, and, and so uh, this, these words, they help to stabilize us. They give us life. They, they cause us to overcome. And I found this, that, that discernment is, is greatly... Um, elevated in the life of the believer who is grounded in the Word. When you have a lot of God's Word in you, you, be, you become very discerning. Meaning, meaning this, it's easy to recognize truth from error. And that's really important. There are a lot of voices out there today. A lot of people saying various things, a lot of messages. Not everything is correct. Not everything is true. And if we don't have a good line to, to judge everything by and say, no, that contradicts this. That's different than what the Lord said over here. Then, uh, then, then we, if we don't have the Word, we won't be able to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I've, I understand that, at least in the past, when they train people to identify counterfeit currency, that that the process is not about studying all the counterfeits, but it is about studying the real thing. And when someone handles the genuine item frequently and, 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 and does so a lot, when they come upon something that is uh, falsified, and uh, for, uh, you know, what's that called? Forgery. Uh, uh, then they recognize something's wrong with this. Something's not, something's not right about this. I want to be that way spiritually. I am so familiar with truth, so familiar with what the Lord has said, that when I come upon something that's contradictory to that, I notice it. Well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. No, something's not right about that. That's not correct. I'm not going to chew on that. I'm not going to swallow here. Huh? You ever put something in your mouth and you decided halfway through not to swallow? No, no, no that one's coming right back out. I don't know what that is. But it's not right. <laughs> there, there is not supposed to be something that tastes like garlic in this or something. Amen. <laughs> in, in the age of uh, social media and people are on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all these things, w- w- one of the things that's very common now is the sharing of quotes, sayings. And some of them are great, and they're helpful, and they're amazing, and they're fun to read. And some of them are not. They're not right. Uh, and, and I think we need to have discernment now more than ever. Sometimes they come from good people, but they're still not correct. What do I mean they're not correct? When you run them through the test of this, they contradict things that the Lord has promised us. And, and if Christians don't realize, if we don't recognize this, and we're quick to thumbs up and like and share and pass on and do all this kind of stuff and I think we should be more discerning hmm? 
I mean, one, one, one of them is this. There's a quote. This is a, this is a direct quote. It says, The thing about quotes from the Internet is that it's very hard to verify their authenticity. That's from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I read that online, so that's right. You all see that? Yeah. <laughs> But for a long time, I've had this discussion when seeing things with my wife and so far I said, I said, we need to compile some of these things that are out there because, you know, I want want to use it as an example sometime. And so we have this huge list of things that Christians say. (laughs) Because other, you know, I mean, it's believers that are making quotes about God and about the Bible and about your life. And and, and so often I I see them, eh, hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I, oh, I know those people. They all liked it. Ah. Oh, they go to my church. Ah. I need to teach better because that's not right. Sorry, this huge long list. I grabbed a few of them for you today for your spiritual enrichment and edification. <laughs> Things like this. Sometimes God takes us into troubled waters not to drown us, but to cleanse us. Hmm. Uh, Do you like that? Does that sit well with you? Uh, The Lord's not taking you into the troubled waters. I could, see, we could teach on all these, but I just wanted to throw these out to you. I want you to think about them and discern on your own. Sometimes God doesn't change your situation because He's trying to change your heart. Say, well, that one sounds pretty good. It's not good, I'm telling you. It's not right. That's not correct. Your situation is not all in the hands of God. Is not? No. <laughs> Can I side note here? A lot of these types of sayings, this realm, it usually falls into this category where a person does not recognize that some things in life are intended for us to resist and others are intended for us to receive and embrace. Some things happen to you and there is absolutely has zero to do with God. It's not Him behind it, secretly teaching. It has to do with, no, some things, according to the Word, you are supposed to stand against So there's not a hidden godly motive behind it happening. We're supposed to resist the devil and he flees from us. Okay, so a lot of them, a lot of these things kind of fall in that category where people forget about the devil. They forget about sin in a fallen world and they think everything that happens is orchestrated or permitted by God. No, it's not. Okay, back, back for. Because that's kind of the answer to a lot of things I see. Uh, Sometimes God's blessings are not in what He gives, but in what He takes away. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking, Jesus, mm, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the thief that takes away. Hmm. Here's another one. The enemy is not fighting you because you are weak, but because you are strong. No, the enemy is fighting you because he wants to kill you. 
period. Whether you say weak or strong or anything else, He wants to take you out. And so we need to, well, what do we do? If you don't know the Word of God, huh, help! <laughs> you might want to find someone who does who can help get you to the place. But what did Jesus do? He, didn't, he wasn't analyzing His personal strength or weakness. Well, I feel better about myself now that I'm being attacked. It must mean something good. How about just speak the Word of God and overcome? That's what would be required in that situation. Everything in my life is designed for my upgrade. No, some things in your life were designed for your downgrade. Discerning the difference is what's important. Saying, no, I'm going to resist that. Yes, I'm going to yield to this. I accept, embrace, thank God for it. Absolutely not in Jesus' name. I will not have that. See, this is the life of the believer. Not knowing the difference, we start embracing everything. Or resisting everything. Okay? Here's another one. Uh, The only way God can show us He's in control is to put us into situations we can't control. No. That's not correct. And that's not the way the Lord's doing us. We want to be accurate. We want to be precise. So many times discussions about varying biblical and life issues, they have zero content of, thus says the Lord. They, they leave out the promises. That's why, you know, I say sometimes in different places, sometimes joking, but I'm serious. I mean it in a light, you know, warm way. But I, I want to ask, what verse is that? And, and that chapter what? Verse what? Where did you find that? Where did that thought come from? Where, why do you believe that? And too often, we have all these beliefs going on, and we have no foundation for them. I just thought that. I figured it out. Or I saw that online. I I got that today on the Internet, and so it's true. I I have read articles, quote with quotes and everything, and because people have shared it in social media, and come to find out the entire thing 100% was bogus. There are literally people out there that write and they make fake sites and write fake articles using real people's names in order to defame, in order to malign, in order to harm. Do you know that that exists? And people share them. Ooh, do you see that? Wow, can you believe it? No, and it didn't happen either. It's totally untrue. That's a little extra material. I want to be precise. I want to be as best I can, and I'm not perfect in this. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I want to. I want to know the word, the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord on every situation, every circumstance, because I can count on that. He will work with His word. He won't work with my thoughts. He won't work with whatever I've figured out. Uh, Jeremiah chapter one and verse twelve reads. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform what? My word. I'm not ready to perform whatever you can figure out. I'm not ready to perform whatever rhymes. (laughs) I'm not ready to perform whatever quote you saw on the... I'm going to perform my word. So if I want the performance of God in my life, I've got to have a word from Him. And one word from God will change everything. 
Amplified Bible of that same verse reads, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. What is he doing? He's watching over his word. So if I've got his word in my heart and mind, he has something to perform. Huh? You know someone going through a difficult time, someone in a maybe a major health crisis, something going I suggest get in there and read God's word to them. Let the word go in. The word, the word, the word cuz God will perform that word. Not just, I have sympathy, I feel bad, I I have care for you. Those are all fine and good, but they won't change the circumstance. You might genuinely love someone and want to help them. That still won't change the circumstance. Are you with me? Well, as long as we love. No, 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 not as long as we love. Love is is huge. God is love. But love itself does not change things. That's why there's also faith. That's why there's also authority. That's why there is speaking the Word of God. Jesus didn't respond to the devil with those temptations and say, Father, I love you. He said, no devil, the, he's, the word of, in the Word of God it is written. There's a right response. Love is our motive for God and for people. But if all I do is say, I feel for you and I'm there for you, and I don't bring a thus saith the Lord to you, I can't help. Everybody okay today? It's the reason we do what we do right here, right now. It's the reason we have a Bible college. It's the reason we do so many of the activities. Because if we can bring to a person's life a thus says the Lord, that word will sustain them. That word will help them, will lift them, will give them overcoming power in life. It will cause them to stop being so flaky and weird. It it, it will cause them to be, it'll cause them to discern. And it will put something in their life that God will perform. Come on. God is our performer. But He performs His Word when it's in our hearts. And then Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. This is the Great Commission. Right before Jesus went back to, to heaven, it says, They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the Word through accompanying signs. Notice what He confirmed. He confirmed the word. You get the word in your life, the Lord has something to confirm. No word, no confirmation. I need to know what thus says the Lord. Can I give you a couple practical uh, suggestions? Because this has got to play out practically somehow. This is a, you know, a most excellent message. Highly beneficial. But if we don't have something going on in our lives kind of habitually or at least regularly uh, to make this a reality, well, then it's just a message. Can I be real simple? This this sounds elementary. I'm not trying to insult everyone. Number one, read the Bible. If you want to be if you want to be establishing, you've got to read the Bible. We watch TV, we listen to stuff, we got our phones and our earphones, you know, got all kinds of input coming all day long, and people often just leave this out. Good old fashioned, read the Bible. If you do it on a Bible plan like we do, we've been doing it for ten years, where we read the New Testament every year uh, together as a church. You can do some way somehow read the Bible because usually. Um, when you go to read it after the storm has come, 
it's often too late because you're freaking out at that point help I don't mean don't do it but I mean if you can do it ahead of time get that foundation in there get that foundation laid ahead of time you're laughing when the storm comes all right and so not only read your Bible there's there's other avenues that we can do this nowadays we all have you know or you can get them for free Bible apps on your phone and there's internet sites you can have someone else read the Bible to you and you by the way it's, it's not about the method it's about what gets in you honestly I do I do both I, I listen to the Bible almost every day I do it while I eat breakfast you know and uh, sometimes driving down the car driving down the road in the car and I listen to other things too but I'll listen to the word that's easy and highly valuable think where would you be six months a year from now if every day and don't make a religion out of it like if you missed your in sin it's not about that it's about putting content in you okay and if you did that every day every week every month what's going to happen to your spiritual life you're going to be able to draw upon words from God because you'll start even without trying to memorize things they'll come back to you because the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance that means you had to remember it in order to remember it right so do the membering and then he can help you to remember it any English teachers in the house I, all right. you know that's very good vocabulistics <laughs> listen to the Bible listen on your phone find a way to listen even while you're doing other things uh, listen to teaching on our, on our website we have a ton of stuff it's totally free you could, you could saturate yourself and get, get taught the word in various subjects with the internet be discerning but there's stuff out there that's, that's amazing very helpful very beneficial and of course television you know radio all, all this kind of st- stuff and then meditate on verses in the Bible take, take a scripture like Jeremiah 1.12 that we read and think about it all day long and post it somewhere put it somewhere you can see it and look at it and speak it and read it in different translations and the next day get another one and think about it and meditate on it and the next day grab another one and think about it and meditate on it what's happening? well I'll tell you what, what is going to happen is um, the time comes when you're hit you're poked what's in you is going to come out uh, and up out of you is going to come it is written this is what the promise of God is this is what the Lord said concerning my life in this situation and that's going to come out of you instead of ah freak out what am I going to do and it just and negativity amen amen I trust this is beneficial and helpful I know if we do something with it it'll cause us to individually come into a greater position of strength and victory and corporately come on we're ready to shake things up because we can handle anything that comes our way amen amen I I would tell you that my ability to be able to do what I've done so far and I haven't by any means done everything right but my ability to do what I've done so far as far as doing the will of God and staying in the place he's called me to over lengthy periods of time uh, this is a big part of it this is huge getting established and grounded in the word 
You always go back to it. You get a report of negativity. You get a report of some kind of thing in this life. But then the word is the same. And you go back to it. You go back to it again and again and again. Another huge component I'm going to tell you about next week. So I'm not going to tell you now. And, and those two things have put me over time and time and time again. And I only stand here today being able to do what I do because of that. Father, today I thank you for working in us. I thank you for working through us. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you.